Hello and welcome to Manchek Chit Chat on this Thin Fried Friday. Joining me today is a true man of the land and one of the stars of Swamp People, the alligator man himself, Bruce Mitchell. It's great to have you here, Bruce. Thank you, Horace. I enjoy it. Uh, I've been coming here for, oh, 50-something years. I hate to tell how old I am, but um, I've been here since I was five. I can remember coming here when I was five years old. You know, I heard a story about you when you came in as a little kid with your parents and grandparents. Yes. The waiter just told me you have to pat alligator on a leash when you walk in. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, uh, I got pictures of me and my grandpa when I was two and three years old. With gators, you know. And my grandpa actually helped run the fish market out here. Oh, uh, next door? Yes. At uh, Rodman's? Yeah. They yeah. used to sell gators there. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Until it became kind of not a cool yeah. thing to but do. But see, uh, Uncle Dennis would leave a couple months a year, three or four months a year, and Mama and my grandmother and my grandpa would run the fish market. And my grandpa would run the bridge. Well, back then, we have to tell people the bridge used to have to be turned. Oh, yes. It was a key bridge, yeah, I think. It was a, yeah, and it used to be turned. And it's actually, when you stand at Menchek, you still see some old pilings. Yes, it's a, yes. It's, uh, people used it for a long time for crapping. And fishing, yeah. yeah. And well, then mysteriously, one time it's caught on fire. I heard since the... You know, what the uh, you know what we always heard? We used to come down here and fish off of it. Yeah. Both sides, actually. Crab and fish. Okay. There used to be a bait shop on this side and a bait shop on the other side. Okay. And they would sell bait. Well, one of them got the bright idea if you burnt the other bridge. I don't know which one went first. <laughs> but one of them burnt one of the bridges. So all the people would come to his bait shop and fish on his side. And the other one, they say he burnt the other side. So I don't know if that's so true So that's or why not. we don't have any bait that's shops. That's why we don't have any bait shops or bridge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but well, I remember walking down on the bridge when I was That's here. an easy solution. Here See, your bro. parking lot, your parking lot is actually the old road. That's the old 51, yes. Yes, that's yeah. the old, old road. Old, old one. Yes. But you weren't here since they built this road before they had cars. Huh? You weren't around then. Not then. <laughs> but, but I rode on the old road. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. I believe Okay, well, there's only a few people as old as you and the uh, uh, alligators, right? The same yeah. age? Same age, yep. Same okay. thing. Um, well, uh, tell us a little bit. You're going on the ninth season with the Swamp People. Ninth season, and they're already calling me for ten. Oh. So we're probably going to do another one, it looks like. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit what, uh, when you guys do the shooting. I know you can't say everything, but some of the funny things. or You know, people want to hear this. and We got... We got, most people think we're, we're not actors. We're just country people, you know. We're Cajuns. That's all we are. We're not actors. So most people think we're actors. We're not actors. we just, just people make, trying to make a living. And what happens is uh, we have what we call a follow boat, okay? We have a boat that follows us. It has all the camera guys in it. And we just do what we do, and they film it. And then, uh, then they cut it happened up. To, whatever happens, they cut it, cut the well, film how, up. How do these people there who come from the big city, you know, and filming you and going out there? You ever lost on a fell, fell over bar board? And oh yeah, it? all the time. Yeah, all the time. We had one one time the first year. This is the first year. I never forget. His name was Steve. He said, "Can I get out the boat?" I said, "Sure." We was on duckweed. Duckweed is a little plant that floats on top of the water. He steps out on duckweed. He goes over his head. <laughs> <laughs> and he come back up, his eyes are, you know, huge, and I grab him and pull him back in the boat. He said, I thought you said I could get out. I said, I did. And you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the city folks. He got out. <laughs> but uh, he, he learned fast. You don't get out down there in the swamp. Well, besides going in underwater, I mean, there's also certain critters and special the ones. Well, he lost a good camera, too. <laughs> well, I'm sure he... Uh, 
He had a good chewing. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and also I heard uh, you do some boat tours for... Yeah, I just, I like to go down here. My daughter wanted me to do one of the pontoon boats and take tours and stuff. That's not me. I want to have two or three people with me and really teach them something about our area. You know, yeah. I don't want to do a big boat with 40 people on it. Yeah, I just don't, want them in. I don't want that. Yeah. You know, I take these people down. I always run. A, it's supposed to be a three or four hour tour. I wound up doing five or six. Yeah. And... Uh, I always wind up. I know how to time this perfectly. I go up Long Canal, Middle Bow, Long Canal, all through there. Go up Tanspo River, come through the lake, go around a little pass a little bit, then I come through the big pass, okay? Especially in the wintertime. It's a, just like this every time. When you pass through here in the winter, you always got a light north wind blowing. Okay, when I get these people right in front of Middendorf's out here on the river, they can smell it. And they say, as soon as they... Do that, I got them. I got them hooked. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, have y'all ever ate thin fried catfish? And they said, no, what is that? I said, well, you fixing the fry now. <laughs> and I always wind up coming over here and getting me a, uh, uh, a little catfish plate, yeah. you know, every so, time I take a tour. So people can contact you to have the smaller tours. Yes, yes. And there's different price categories. I heard you, for so some of them, if you go out with four, you can come back with three. Sometimes, If somebody yeah, wants yeah. people to want to leave one of their right. relatives yes. out there in the swamp, yeah, we could can do you that. help them out there? We could do that. Yeah? We could definitely do that. Well, it's a small <laughs> fee on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Actually, I don't even fool. I've never fooled with money my whole life. I, me, and my, me and Janet met. She was 13. I was 15. Okay. We met, we dated for several years, and then we got married. She's always, I've never bought a pair of clothes, nothing, shoes, socks, nothing in the last 38 years. She's bought everything for me. I don't pay a bill. She take, I make money, I just bring it home, I, don't, I just give it to her. She handles it. Does she give you a little allowance, like for yes, kind of cold she once will. in a while? Well, I ask her. I ask her. Uh, I, I tell her, I said, look, I need a new boat. She said, how much does it cost? I say, $20,000. She said, not yet. I said, okay. I don't never ask no more. A couple months later, she'd say, you still want that boat? I said, yep. She said, go get it. Hey, I have to learn from this. You know you know what I mean? So why fight it? No, no, you don't. <laughs> and I got fight. my daughters. They're, they're in line now. They're paying my bills. And so my wife got it set up. So if something happens to her that... Hopefully they'll treat you well. The girls will treat me well, yeah. Hopefully. Keep my phone it, it, turned on. At least phone, electricity, yeah. a few little things. A few little luxury things. Yeah. I don't really need it. You know, we were raised down here. We didn't have electricity, you know. We went out and caught something to eat just about every day. You meet. We had our staples, you know, rice and beans and that kind of stuff. And still to this day, every June, the first day of hurricane season, I go buy 40 pounds of beans and 50 pounds of, 100, uh, 50 pounds of rice. I got beans and rice. I can eat that. If a hurricane comes, I can find meat. But I got my staple. I got something to, to yeah. fall back on. See, you prepared. Yes. I, yeah, I, you just have to in this situation where we at, just like you are right here. You know, since you've been here, people don't think this is nothing, this little levee you built. They think that's it's a big a flower pot. It's a big flower pot. But see, in the back of my mind, I know what it is. <laughs> Horse, you've been, you been prepared not to go underwater. So you know? I didn't do bad for coming, not growing up in the swamp, coming yes. here. I adapted pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. You got to adapt. 
Well, I got my feet wet and learned fast. Yeah, he, he that, like, that's it. Like that's the it. guy who fell over overboard in your boat, he learned pretty fast. Yeah, oh, yeah. not to work. Yeah. Step, step on that weed again. And that, that's like me. You know, you can look at my truck right now. We go out there and look. I got a little green bag. It's a waterproof bag. It goes every time I go in the boat, it's thrown in the boat. They got a couple cans of sardines in there, Vienna sausage, something to start a fire with. Just little things like that to help you along. You got sardines? to have a sardines. Yeah. Any special sardines? I don't mean, know oh, any kind. I like them all. <laughs> you like them all? Yes, I like. Oh, them you all. said sardines. I th- thought of anchovies. I thought, man, you don't want to eat anchovies out there. Who like? No, 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 no. But you know, right them. now you can could catch the little shiners out there yeah. and, and dry always, them a little. I always wondered that, but I just don't know how to do that. Well, you d- dry them. I went one time in in, in San Francisco to uh, Oriental. Uh, was a ch- uh, Chinese restaurant. And you order this little appetizer, and it's worth a bowl f- full of these little shiners. Just air tried and you eat them like chips. Really? Yeah. I tried. They, they were just seasoned. And when I was kids, we used to dry the shrimp. Oh, the, the little ones? The or? little ones. We'd put them on the tin roof and yeah. dry them. Yep, sure did. Put salt on them and dry them. Yeah. The grandma and them used to add them to like soups and stews and stuff like that. Well, in the old days, when you, when you think about when they conquered this country, you know, when they're up in Boston, the codfish and everything? Yeah. They air dried them on the beach, on the side of the rocks and everything. Then they packaged them, shipped them to Europe. Really? As people think, you know, fresh fish mm. only had a shelf life in the old days. Very, very one short day. time. <laughs> one day. Right. So even in Europe, in Portugal and everything, like yep. Boston, Cape Cod and everything, they uh, caught all the cod, dried it, then shipped them to Europe and sold them there. People then dehydrated them and used them in their stews and everything. Your grandma and them, down, when we were down the river, they had five-gallon buckets, the old metal buckets. They'd punch holes in them. They'd bring dirt down there, put it in there. They'd grow potatoes in that bucket. Okay? Well, once, you can't grow too many potatoes in a five-gallon bucket. Yeah. But what they do, once it, they put two or three plants in there, and you'd get a good many potatoes in that bucket. And then when the tops died off, you cut them and put the buckets under the camp where it was cool. And if you wanted potatoes, we had a sheet of tin. You dumped it out, shook them out, went through it, and you got your potatoes out. You put the dirt back in the bucket for next year. Yeah, we have to preserve the dirt. We don't have too much dirt. No. Today. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you had to carry it down there to the swamp, you know. You know, when I grew up, since I grew up on a farm, uh, we lived off the farm, actually. Uh, well, we grew potatoes, but this was not fun. We used to potatoes and turnips and everything. We didn't do hunting over in Europe. Yeah. It's not like here. We had ra- our rabbits and chickens. But we ate the rabbits. Yeah. We had our pigs. But we never killed any of our cows. We always sold them. And yeah. the weirdest thing, we never killed a chicken. Really? We just had them for the eggs. I don't know why. Now, now that's something else. See, Grandma and them, they had a house up on Highland. But every time we went down the river, she'd figure out who was coming, how many people. If it was four of us coming, she'd bring four chickens. If it's five, she'd bring five chickens. And she knew which ones laid and which ones didn't. <laughs> you know, my mom, yeah. one time we had too many roosters and she cooked one. And it was a tough bird. It was an old rooster. I think that's why we never ate chicken again. So really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we cooked them for a long time. Cooked dumplings with But that. you just mentioned something, the highlands. Uh, for people who don't know what we call the highlands, yeah. what are the highlands? It's well, above sea level? Yeah, you will, yeah, at least a foot or two. <laughs> <laughs> Since you're uh, talking about your grandma lives in Ireland, the highlands, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, they got, we called it the Highland. That was up on Brown Road. We lived up there. And uh, they would farm strawberries and stuff during the season. And then, then the rest of the year, they'd come down here and hunt and trap and fish. You know, and they, they had two camps. They actually had one on the north, uh, on uh, Tanspo River, and he had a trapper's camp on Middle By, back up in there. Yeah. Back in the prongs. 
tell me about it. Uh, I heard from some people right next to Middendorf where the sand is now, the, the kids play. Yeah. Uh, boats used to come out where Rudman was. Yeah. And people actually told me they used to load up cattle on, on, on boats and brought them out in, in the pastures out here in the swamp. Yeah. That's what I was just, I was telling her a while ago about that. Across the, from our camp, they had a cattle chute, okay? Dub Wells was his name, Mr. Dub. Big old guy, wore overalls, just like I got on. And uh, his name was Dub Wells. He was from uh, Thibodeau Road, and he had cows down there on the lakeshore. And we would walk that lakeshore, me and my sisters, and go up and down that lakeshore, especially after Mardi Gras. Okay, because I guess they'd sweep the streets or whatever in Mardi Gras and they'd get pumped over into the lake. The beads, uh, the little squir- uh, footballs and things like that would wash on the lakeshore. And we'd, we'd walk down the lakeshore pick them up. We'd walk over towards the lighthouse. And they had a woman there that always made cookies. And we, we'd get us a big stick because we were scared of the cows. They had all kind of, they had the Texas Longhorns down there, everything. Right down Lake Pontchartrain and, and the on South On the lakeshore. Yep, between uh, North Pass and, uh, and the South Pass. Dub Wells had them cows on both sides over there. Wow. Yep. And that probably put them out there in the winter all the way till hurricane season, and then they brought them back in. Or Most of the time, they just left them year-round. Until they, get, they would round them up there once in a while, and they had a barge. They would stick it in that canal, Jerry King Canal, and they had a, uh, a cattle chute thing. And they, they, would, they would round them up. You know, you know where... Uh, Tanspo River is. Yep. That first little canal to the left. Mm-hmm. Now, all in that swamp there, right there in front from the from Jerry Cane to the um, to the lake, you know, they had rice fields in there. You didn't know that. I'm going to have to bring you over there and show you some stuff. Did that grow anything else people want to know? Yeah, they had, they had a Spanish graveyard out there. Did you know that? No. They had a Spanish graveyard out there. It had lots of Indian. You could still go out there and find pottery, pieces of pottery. But we, st- we played that when we was a kid. Now, back in the uh, 70s, the bottle craves come out. Everybody was hunting old bottles and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they come out and dug up all the cemetery. But when you come out of the Tanspaho River and you look to your right, mm-hmm. which, you know, you see all them big oak trees that yeah. fell over. But that's where the cemetery was. Wow, I didn't notice. I used to I know about the one down in and yeah. near the, in Veneer. They got another one down there. Yeah, I mm-hmm. knew about this. They had one here. They had headstones and everything when I was. So a was kid. there a little a village out there, or what was it? I, I guess I would think. You know, well, I but yeah, because they had the rice fields right there. Boy, and they had cow pasture. Somebody had to be out there. One yeah, time. yeah. But this was nobody was there when I was there. They, these graves were old, old graves, old, old graves. So. You know, when I listen to you and you say old, old graves? Yeah. I don't know what old, old is. Well, I'm, I'm pushing 60. <laughs> no, that's not about <laughs> And they were old when I was there. <laughs> no, I have all have to play, explain to some people when we talk about, like, in Germany. You know, in Germany, uh, when you uh, bury somebody, you go to the church or city hall and you get a gravesite. Yeah. Well, they only sell it to you for 25 years. Then 25 years is up, they call you and say, hey, we need the space. You have to clean it up. So one of our family goes over, grabs up the headstone and thing, and we have our own forest. We have stacks of headstones from our family members and everything, and then I just put somebody new in there. Really? Yeah. Huh. Recycling. Yeah. Recycling. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of that, but I guess it worked. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, Karen can tell. Since our little village where I grew up, you would like this, it's, was, it's a little bit over uh, 1,400 years old, oh. and... Uh, 
the cemetery size never changed. <laughs> Same <laughs> size. Just dig them up, throw them aside, put a new one. No, in. you don't dig them up. You just take the stones out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just put them on. Put them on new stone. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a little bit of history and everything. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit. Uh, describe a little bit the swamp life and people who have no idea how the swamp life is out there. People, uh, how many people still live out there full time? And how people don't realize they have to go from their car on a boat drive yeah. out there. Yeah, and hopefully one day I can go back to the. Ho I hope I can make enough money to live like I used to. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I can make oh, enough hold on. money hold on. to live like we're poor. <laughs> well, but we can said, no better. You, you want to make money, but you said you didn't have any money, so actually, yeah. you don't need the money to live like Not you really. want to. We just got you got to make that sacrifice. You got to make that cut and get away, you know. But I don't know if my wife could do that. I could do it. I would have no problem moving in the swamp. Well, there's once in a while it's nice to have a little bit, you know, like have a cold drink and yeah. have electricity and everything. Or, you know, that's one thing. Me and my wife went down the river a lot, you know, for years. In the 80s, we, uh, when we got married, we was at our camp down there all, all the time. And uh, that was one thing I kept rolled up in my wallet. It was a hundred dollar bill stuck in the back. He had. That was emergency. In case we didn't in case we didn't catch no fish or crabs or shrimp or nothing this week. We could always ride the midnight and get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask Janet about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, the, the simple life, but it, you know it's hard to do in this. It's time. hard. But you know when we was kids, we'd get up in the morning, we'd paddle up hero everywhere. We didn't have the money for gas. You know, yeah, we didn't have a motor. You know, grandpa you had the motor. It didn't bother you. No. No, you wanted a little bit. Yeah. Them. But we, we'd ride around and, you know, uh, we had uh, croakers in the lake. They was 11, 12, 13 inch croakers, but just, you know, big. I seen them many times. My grandmother said, if y'all want fish to eat for lunch, y'all better go catch them. This is 11 o'clock. So we'd run out there, paddle out there in the pea rope, toop, toop, toop. Come back by 12, which she had fish fried or baked or whatever. It, yeah, and she had a wood stove. <laughs> well, no wonder we had, well, if they all lived out, they had wooden stoves. Yeah. No wonder there's no trees anymore. You she, she had two up. Well, we go on the lake shore. They'd pull, a, uh, my grandpa and them take, take the little boat and then pull a bunch of logs out uh -huh. and tie them and pull them around. Dry them off and everything. And then he had a winch thing and pull them up on land and then they'd cut them up. You didn't have to cut them up and chop them up? And I was too little for that. I was too little. I tried to. I tried to. <laughs> you got an A for effort. Yeah. But uh, we used to do all kind of stuff like uh, we'd tie a string from two poles out in the lake, cut bushes down off the lake shore, and hang them up in the water. Then we'd take our, head, our lantern and walk around at night, and you'd find the crabs hanging on it and shedding. And we'd take the, the soft shells off of the bushes, and that's how we got our soft shell crabs. I we didn't have no pump for no you know to 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 do that back then there was no crab pots out in the lake none nope mr charlie bates was the first one to ever know that had a crab pot yep first That's one i ever seen a crab pot everybody had to look at it he had to show it to everybody huh yep yep and now you now you can walk across them yeah <laughs> they're everywhere now but and then you know we don't we barely get any crabs here since most of them are sold to maryland yeah, yeah, all that, that's what, you know, I get a lot of people on my Facebook say, hey, we got the best crabs in Maryland. And I say, I know they come from Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they call them, I think, swamp dogs when they get the big ones from Lake yeah. Murbuck. But the crabs are nothing like it used to be. 
we can uh, my my mom would take us drop us off in Madisonville. They had the old road going to the to, out to the lighthouse out there, and they had a little canal beside it. She'd drop us off at seven o'clock in the morning, come back pick us up at ten, and we'd have two bushels of huge big crabs. You never saved a little one. You just throw them back. You know, and that's what they should do. They threw th- uh, the little one, throw them out also. Yeah. Don't collect the females, the put picker, them out in. Well, that's what happened down here. Years ago in the Wrigley's, they was catching all the females. Right. And they were catching them about, a, each boat would catch 25, 30,000 pounds a night. And yeah. it took them forever to stop it. Yeah. yeah. They should put them out. But it's weird. Even we can, you know, we get here all males. Uh, that's the number one here, we, yeah. the hard crabs. And on the soft shell, most of them are the male, males too. But then some people from the city, you know, they want to eat the females. And I said, well, sorry, man, we don't do this. We want to preserve the crabs, yeah. and they should be out there yep. reproducing. And yeah. that, that's like for years when they, when they, uh, I got friends that, that did crabs, soft shells, and all that. For years, if a leg was missing, you couldn't sell them to a restaurant, you know. And so we would wind up with all them. <laughs> well, you listen. Had, had to eat all the cripple crabs. cripple <laughs> Talk a little bit, since you're the best one to explain this right now, soft shell crab. People don't realize how they're shed and when it goes, when a crabber uh, catches them and he, re- how they recognize when they get ready to bust. I think it's a red ring gets around right. the, the flipper. Yeah. Uh, the flippers. And that's the way, you know, we got what we call shedding tanks. People... Separate the crabs when they catch them. So they ca- separate the ones with the flipper turning red. Yeah. The, so they know they get ready to shed. Yep. And they put that in a second separate basket. Uh-huh. And when they get, you know, to where they're going, they sell these to people that shed crabs, or they shed them themselves, and then they sell the shedded crabs to people like y'all. Mm-hmm. The, the and, shedding uh, tanks, they're like small fiberglass tanks. They're like 10-inch uh, four, four yeah, deep uh, yeah. water in there, and it rotates. And you have to, if you want a real good soft shell, they have to check the tank every, every time. hour. Every hour? Every hour. If not? I got, I got uh, Donald Clark. I don't know if you know Donald. Yeah. Well, Donald shed a crash for years, and he would get up every hour. Yeah. And as far as I know, to this day, he quit shedding crab, but every hour he wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> every hour. That, and that's a, since if you don't take them out in this time, they're going from soft shell to soft, hard again. Hard, yeah. And then you lose all the money in the time you have it. So yeah. that's how we soft shell. It's very labor intensive. Yeah. Like I said, you have to get up every, every hour. Every hour. You got to get every up. Every hour, make a walk. And if you crab all morning and then have to get up every hour during the night, it, that's, a, that's rough. Yeah. That's why I say we used to take bushes, hang them on a, like a bird line. You know what a bird line is? Yeah. Well, they kind of illegal now. But when I was a kid, I don't. Okay, think this one I didn't know. Tell me about the illegal bird lines. Well, anything above the water with hooks on it is illegal. <laughs> uh, but uh, we used to set them in the in in the rivers. I mean, in the in the lake shore. Of course, we didn't have the boats like we do now. You but know? also, you have more crabs, right? Now you probably hang out oh. there. You, you wouldn't get how many you get out there. We, you may be lucky one day and you get a couple soft shells hanging on it. Yeah, no, we get three or four, or five a night. Yeah. And that, you know, two nights you have a dozen and a half, two dozen. That, that was you fine. Then but he couldn't it. make a living. No, we were we were just trying to eat. <laughs> we didn't care about it. We was living, you know. That's why since we're talking about eating and everything, you know, you and I have a lot in common, even if it's a different way. We both love to cook. Yes. No, I have my German heritage. And now I have uh, had a nice restaurant in the French Quarter called Bella Luna. What is it? nice German name? Bella Luna. It was Italian, but it's called mm-hmm. it German. Uh, Southern German, 
and then uh, and now I have Middendorf's. Yeah. And I have a, I learned a lot of you. But tell me about your favorite cooking, and you do have a cookbook out. And yeah, we've got a couple of cookbooks, actually. And uh, I just love to cook. There's no one thing. That you can, everybody asks me, what's your favorite meal? What's your favorite thing to eat? I can't say just one thing, because it's so many good things in Louisiana. But there's one thing you probably can say. What's that? Your grandmother or your mother used to cook something, and you really, really miss it since you can't get it like she does. And there's My- Grandmother cooked a pork roast, and I wish I'd have paid more attention, because this is one of them, this is a pork roast that she cooked it in a big Dutch oven, and uh, oh, it was just, the, the gravy in it, and oh, it's just, it's, it's, it's just it's hard to explain. It was just super good. I would give anything to know how to cook that. And I understand what he said. People always have, what do you like to cook? Well, first, as you go with the season, you yeah. know, like I go to the store or if I see something in my garden, you know, I pick my tomatoes and cucumbers, I cook something out of there. Yeah. But when they ask me, what is something you really, really love? That's something my mother or my grandmother. Yeah. I remember from my grandmother when we used to, uh, she made some pickles somehow and I loved them. And my, my mother, I like how she did the rapid and everything and their spätzle and everything. So I, li- I know to say this. But what I like to cook, I cook anything. Yeah, that's what, whatever's up. You know, like last night, um, or yesterday morning, I got up at 5 o'clock. I soaked my red beans all night in water. And I get up, I put my red beans on at about daylight, and I cook them till dark all day. Well, the night before, I'll come down here to Manchac, and I throw me out some jug lines and caught me some catfish. I love red beans and catfish. So you fry them? Fry them. Oh, yes, fry them. You cut the fry fish. Do you cut them in little strips, or how are you cutting? Well, both. Both. Yeah. I do kind of both. And what, what brand? Yeah, I like thin fish, and my wife likes thick. What, uh, what batter you put on there? Uh, we use actually two or three batters we blend together. Yeah. But then for your red beans, is there something special? No, we just, uh, um, I like to soak them overnight. Then you put them in a crock pot, let them cook all day. Put your seasoning, onions, a little garlic and seasoning in there. And then about halfway through the day, you drop you some uh, sausage in there, which gives it a little flavor, or a ham bone or something like that. Yeah. Um, that and then is, fry, eat the beans and eat the fried catfish. Little beans and fried catfish, beans and rice, fried catfish. Oh, that's just, you just don't get no better than that. <laughs> the next day for the leftover. Right oh, that's, well, it does get better. <laughs> It does get better, huh? Yeah. yeah. People don't realize sometimes the next day something's oh, wrong. Well, that's like a gumbo. Yeah. A, a gumbo. Uh, let me tell you this story. I cooked a gumbo. I was in uh, Georgia, uh, Tipton, Georgia, a couple weeks back at 41 in Maine. It's a big restaurant. Okay. So he told me, he said, Bruce, uh, Miss Jen said, you cook a good gumbo. I said, yeah, I'll do all right. He said, go in there. And he said, you want to cook one? I said, sure. He said, go in there and tell the chef to to uh give get you the big pot i said okay so i went in there i was talking to her talking to her the chef and she said uh you know she said i can't pick up the big pot i have to send the boys to get it so they come out and they had a, a pot this big around and yay tall so they had a pot five feet wide just about this it's huge <laughs> huge i couldn't get my hand around it they probably take him to take the bath, the side of the I side. don't know, but they brought me the pot, and I said, boy, he won't, that's a big pot. That's a lot of gumbo, you know. <laughs> so I told him, and it's a, it's a barbecue place and a pizza place. They got a wood fire pizza, and they're they, they real good at barbecuing. 
So I said, well, y'all got some, they had smoked chicken. So I took the smoked chicken. I, I had the people in the kitchen to have, take all the meat off the bone. And we started, we boiled the bones and this and that, made our stock. And uh, we had 25 chickens, <laughs> 15 pounds of sausage, 12 pounds of, uh, no, 15 pounds of okra, all kind of onions, seasoning and everything, 12 and a half cups of flour for the roux. <laughs> when he come back, he said, oh, my God, what you got now? I said, gumbo. He said, oh, my God, Bruce, what have you done? I said, you said cook a big one. <laughs> So Janet come in and tasted it. It was good. It was good. So he said, I don't know what we're going to do with all this. Well, they started selling it. And by 8 o'clock that evening, he come in and said, Bruce, how long would it take you to cook another one? <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I had 15 pounds of shrimp, uh, all kind of stuff. But it was, just, you know, by the time the night was over, it was gone, and they wanted me to cook another one. Now they want me to go up there and teach a class on cooking gumbo. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? <laughs> hey, whatever. It's wonderful. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah. And I love to do I love to go around and show people how to cook. You know? Uh, I got friends that uh, when we start, first started hanging together, they said, let's go out and eat. I said, let's stay here and cook something. So what do you want to catch? I said, depends what we catch. <laughs> <laughs> well, you put it both together. I love to cook, and when friends come over, I really love yeah. to stay at home and cook and everything. It's neat. It's a, and I built an outdoor kitchen, and it's basically a big porch, and that's what we do. Me and my wife sat out there, like last night, we had a friend over, we fried the fish, had the uh, red beans and rice. Oh, it was just super good to have. It's, that's how we do in Louisiana, that's how my grandmother and my grandpa and all of them did. If you come to their house, you were going to eat something. <laughs> you, that's just the way it was. That's how. It, that's it, that's the way it was. You was going to eat something. Yep. Go back one more time a little bit. Uh, when we talk about when you go out there with the alligator, since you know you're the alligator man, if there's anything you want to tell a little bit about the people when they come down here, since they always ask me, hey, I want to see an alligator. Where should I? Well, they're everywhere. You got to look in the water. I mean, <laughs> we could go right out here. And I saw one today on the road. Somebody, yeah, they a little one, run over it or something. I noticed like when we have the in spring when we get the first warm days. Yeah, uh, they're migrating a little bit. You mm -hmm. see them a lot. And then, like in September, when they're looking for the for the getting in the wind, is this correct? I yes. mean, I, I'm not an alligator. That's when that's when we start fishing gators, actually, in September. But the gators are all around. You we call don't them fishing or hunting? Kind of both. Both. I, it, to me, it's more fishing these days. Yeah. Now, back in back when it first started the season, we would do some hunting. We would go in the swamp and actually hunt a gator. And uh, I can remember going with my grandpa on them when I was little, and they would uh. They would go in a hole and get that gator out, and all, all the old men had a hatchet. And when that gator would come out, it hit their legs, and when he rose up, they'd stick their hand under under his mouth and pick him up and chop him in the head with a hatchet. Yeah, that's how they used to do it. And how you do it, I heard you, when you go, you chase them and you jump on them and you tackle them. I've what, what done is, it all. I've done it all. What is the size like you recommend for a beginner who wants to do something like that? They it? don't need to jump on an alligator. <laughs> Not? And another thing, don't come to Louisiana and just go shoot an alligator. You will go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> you need to come to uh, Midnoss and get your gator bites. Yeah. <laughs> don't go in the swamp and get a bite. <laughs> no, you don't, you don't want to go there. You don't want to go there. you got rules and regulations you've got to follow with alligators. Yeah, with everything you do hunting and you know, like you said, yes. even when you go boating, you know, we're practicing safe boating. We're practicing, you definitely. know, people should respect the wilderness. Yes, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, we uh, 
you just got to be careful in boots. It, you know how many? You know how many people I've seen over the years? I'm not wearing no life jacket. It's like the people who don't wear a seatbelt. Yep. And they pulled them out of the lake, out of the river. Several of them. Yeah. Over the years, over the years, we lost a few of them. Right there, I'll go out like. See, I was raised like when I look across that lake right now, see that dark? Mm -hmm. I know not to go that way in the boat. These little lakes are rough. They get rough fast. A little thunderstorm come across it. They, you know, it could be slick right here, but see on that other side. By the time you get in the middle, and that storm hits on you, you have six, seven foot seas there. When we talk about the little lake, we're talking about Lake uh, Murpra, who's to the west of Middendorf, and then they have Lake Pontchartrain. And what Bruce is telling right now, the wa uh, water is very shallow. Yeah. So if we get a little bit wind, the waves are oh, getting yeah. humongous. Get crazy. And we all have now big offshore boats. We have flat boats and everything. And listen, skiffs. they're out of skiffs, they're out of aluminum or whatever. You don't give many chances. Nope. Mm -mm. Nope. And they've they been a many boat sunk out there. Just to say, well, it ain't. I just gonna miss us. No, no, you can't outrun them. <laughs> you can't outrun them. It's not. You can't outrun them. Uh, we had some questions for some people who, uh, before you come on, on, on the radio here and talking to us, the podcast. People want to know how many pairs of overalls do you have and own, and do you have any specific ones or for special occasions? Like if you go to a wedding, yes. like you have one for like uh, when, in October when we have breast cancer, you have a pink one. No, I don't have a pink one. So if anybody wants to send him a pink one, he would say he would. <laughs> <laughs> Liberty. That's the only ones I wear. Liberty. Uh, I started wearing these Liberties years ago, years and years ago, back in the early 80s, I think, is when I first started wearing the Liberty overalls, and I loved them because of the pocket. Was it a pocket? I could put my pistol in my pocket and it wouldn't fall out. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you know, it's right down your chest, hanging a pistol on there, maybe. Yeah, now I got a phone there. I keep my pistol in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Well, it's little things. You know, I have a jacket, and I have a little zipper on my arm sleeves, uh -huh. and it's, I love it. It's like, I think it's a snowboarding jacket, and I wear it in the winter here, since I can put my glasses in there, yeah. and it's always right there. It's little simple things. Simple, like, simple things. But back to it, I mean, tell me about your wedding overalls, you said. My yeah. wedding? No, I didn't get married. In, uh, uh, I had a suit when I got married. But if you go to weddings, you wear your... your oh, yeah, I got, I got nice ones, nice I, overalls. You, know? you have a seersucker? No, <laughs> no, no. I had one suit my whole life. That's when I got married in. And uh, You're keeping far, it right now? It's somewhere hanging. <laughs> They'll need it one day. I don't think I could get in it no more. Because when I got married, I weighed like 95 pounds, 100 pounds soaking wet. Now, now he's 105. Yeah, I doubled that. <laughs> you doubled <know, Plus. laughs> Well, it's all this good eating and cooking. Yes, yes. It's, and that's what it is about to me. It's the food. I love food. I grew up around it. I was lucky. I had grandmother on each side of me. Grandmother and grandpa on each side of me. In the morning, I'd go to one of them's house. I'd, you know, with, my mom would cook breakfast. I'd eat there. And I'd go to the other ones and eat breakfast. Then I'd go to the other ones and eat Okay, then about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, I'd be passing through, and my grandmother's, she'd always have biscuits, and they made platters of biscuits. So I'd get a biscuit or two, and I'd wrap it up in paper bags. We didn't have Ziplocs. <laughs> so I'd take that paper bag and roll it up and get me a sweet potato. My other grandma had sweet potatoes. So I'd get the sweet potato, roll it up. That's my lunch. i go sit on the canal bank fishing. I had a sweet potato and biscuits. It was a good lunch. I take a catch of mud cat. You know what a mud cat is? 
No, tell us. The, the little mud cats you catch out here, they don't get that big, about that yeah, long. Right. Okay, we would catch mud cats. What do you do with them? I would take and wrap them in clay, okay, and I'd throw them in the fire. Okay, when, clay, when you, you have to prepare them, them anyway uh, before? Just cut the head off. Cut the head off, okay. Cut the head off and uh, gut it, but every once in a while you just build your fire and you throw it in there. When the clay gets hard, it's ready. You take and break it off. Yeah. I had a cousin that lived in, in uh, Baton Rouge, and he always told me about this restaurant they went to. They give you toys and stuff. And uh, boy, I always wanted to go to that restaurant. You know what that restaurant was? McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have that in Pontchartrain and Hammond. <laughs> it just wouldn't happen in here. But he would bring me salt and pepper, the little packages. Okay, well I take that salt and pepper and put it on my fish. When you cat? break the clay and pull it off, the skin comes off. Then you're just left with the meat. So I put my salt and pepper that come from McDonald's. Man, you felt food. like you're in a diner. Oh, yeah. I mean, you were a high roller. We, we, that's you how we ate. You had a little salt and pepper. We ate birds, uh, prairie chickens, and we love to eat that. I know you ate a lot since there's few birds left here. Yeah, yeah we ate a lot of them. Yeah. I got to say that we did. We didn't eat anything. But we didn't waste. That was one thing you did, never did. No. You took enough that well, what you needed, and that was it. Yeah. You know, I've I, seen Grandpa kill a deer, and I'm not going to say it was in season. <laughs> we, when I was 15, that's The for, season back then was different than now, so yes. he maybe misunderstood him. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but Grandpa, they'd kill a deer, and they'd cut it up. Okay, and they'd bring it around the neighborhood and give everybody a piece of meat. Yeah. Also, people didn't eat this much meat. They didn't eat meat every day. Like you said, you just sometimes have biscuits. We didn't have it. And we didn't have refrigeration, so you had to get rid of it. Right. So you give all the neighbors a piece, uh, a roast. And next time, that's a neighbor. Next week, or a week know. after, one of them would kill a hog or, or something, a deer. Or, and that's how it was done back then. About, you said hogs. Do you see in the swamp the problems that yes. they have? Yep. Tell people about the problems we have with hogs down here in South Louisiana. It, it, it's terrible. And, uh, I've been talking to people, to the uh, governor. I think we're getting this law passed. You can't hog hunt like in Manchac, Mansman there. You cannot hog hunt in there legally. Okay, you can only hog in, hunt in there illegal. Well, <laughs> let's say doing deer season. That's the only time. And if you're deer hunting, you're not going to go shoot a hog. It's just not going to be that way. So they're trying to change the laws where you can go in there and shoot them the rest of the year. We have if a you lot don't, of, they're going to tear pieces. We have a lot of wild hogs. That's not the wild boar. That's wild yes. hogs who got uh, fertile, uh, got out there for hundreds of years now. And it's the Mississippi, Alabama, the whole southern part of this country. Oh, in yeah. Texas, it's... They eat up with them. They're, they're, they're not only destroying the land, uh, harvesting, they also eat the other wildlife. They're, yeah, they're everything. They they're, kill they're, the deer, yeah. uh, uh, quail, turkey. They eat the turkeys, yeah. baby turkeys. Uh, I was in Texas hunting. Okay, I set up my stand. We were hunting. Set up my stand. I went back, told the the, the the land guy, the manager, Jody. I said, Jody, I told him where I was hunting. They put a pin on the map. He said, I won't let nobody go in that area. I said, appreciate it. So I had a couple stands there for my cameraman and stuff. Well, the next morning I got there, went to hunt. Boy, I was mad. Somebody done plowed it up. <laughs> so. When I, well, I wound up shooting a big deer off of it, but, but uh, two acres was plowed up. So I went back and told Jody, I said, uh, 
I thought you weren't going to let nobody go in there. I said, somebody went in there and plowed it. He started laughing. He said, Bruce, that was the hogs. Wild hogs plowed two acres. It looked like somebody drug a plow through it with a tractor. That's how bad it is. Bad. They killed 350 one morning with helicopters. 350. Well, people think it's, 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 it's cruel what they do to them, but they have to go. Uh, but also what they do now when they harvest these hogs, they bring to the food bank and they yeah. serve for a good cause. So it's not like they kill them I've and laying there. I've shot 30 one day. Yeah. 30 one day. We're doing a TV show, and I shot 30. And they actually couldn't show what we did. They had We had to reduce another day we had to shoot because I shot too many. But we skin all, and I, every time I do one of these shows, a hunting show or something, Janet writes them up a contract. Nothing can be wasted. No meat can be wasted. You got to go to somebody, somebody got to use it, or I'm not going to shoot it. But uh, all this meat went to a boy's home, and uh, they had to meet for a whole year, they said. <laughs> they were tickled to get it, you know. I see it out there wildlife and fisher. They have now banks where you can drop it off, yeah. food banks, and they're distributed for yeah. the people, and people can come by who don't have the meat, yeah. like you said, or don't go hunting. It's good to eat. We eat it all the time. I eat a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, it's good meat. It's good meat. But uh, nobody goes hunting for them. And, I do. <laughs> and they are reproduced much faster than, you yes. know, a deer only has one fawn a year. Yeah. A hog can have a litter of 10 and then twice a year. Twice a year. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, we, we, I catch them. I set traps and catch them. And I'm hoping they open the wildlife management area where we can go hunt on them. If they let that happen, you might can get rid of some of them. But they're going to destroy our swamps. Yeah. They, they eat. I mean, them hogs come through there, they don't miss nothing. A bird egg that lays on the ground, history. They're not going to make it. Hogs going to eat it. Yeah. Everything. They eat them. ants. They eat everything. Well, they're hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, they could eat like ants pigs, and termites. Huh? I don't have they a like problem. Pigs. They like pigs. They like pigs. Well, Bruce, we're coming here to the finish line. If there's anything you want to tell our listener or how they get in touch with you or anything they want to know from you. Well, I just... Um, I've, I've always had fond memories of this place, and I love the way you took over, and everything's the same. That's what we It's do. different, but it's the same. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and, and uh, that really means a lot to me. Uh, I was scared when y'all first bought the place, because people usually buy a place, and the first thing they want to do is change everything. But I think you studied it and didn't want to change nothing. Well, uh, we never used the word change. We always added to it, okay. like our flower beds. Since yes. You, you know, we raised the building now, and we came in 10 years a long way, and I'm very proud and oh, honored yes. in a way to keep a place like Middendorf's and Icon going. But you do know certain things we had to add yes. to it. Oh, like yeah, since I Since the environment that. comes in. You know, the nice thing is people don't even notice when they're right no. up to it. They don't. I know it. Some of you locals know it, but you kept it enough the same yeah. that ninety nine percent of people don't even know it's done. Re, you know, a lot of us redone and raised up and this and that. And, and we used all the reclaimed wood from yes. the old ones. Mm-hmm. We also added the nice thing with the Rutman Seafood Market is where the kids play in the sand. So we yeah. made it for the old generation, the new, and the next generation. And your wall, your wall, yeah. wall of fame that I'm on. I, I'm really <laughs> proud of that. And uh, but uh, y'all got to come out and just see this wall they did with all the pictures from the start to now and. Yeah. Um, our history. I, got, I see a lot of my Kim people on there. Actually, they got a picture in there. I know a lady walking in the door, a young lady, 17, 18. I swear that's my mama. I, got, I think it's my mama. 
I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna get her down here, and let her when we together and ask her. Yeah. But it looks like my mama. I'm pretty sure it was when she was young. We're gonna have to see though. I'm gonna get her down here. But I can remember. See, we would leave and go on vacation. My dad loved to travel, and uh, we'd go all over the United States. But when we come back from vacation, we always come eight at Middendorf. I thought Middendorf was on the way, uh, you know, back home. But, you know, once I'm older and get to thinking about it, we had to go out the way to come down here to eat. <laughs> we had to pass up Punchatula, you know. But a lot of people do it this way. They, you know, it's on the way home. Even yeah. right now when people pick up their family from the airport. Oh, yeah. They have well, to stop it. That, you know, like I'm saying, this is my third time here this week. Friday night we come in. My friend was late. We done had all the rest of the family coming here, so we ate. Well, I couldn't let my friend go back to California without eating, so I brought him the next night. <laughs> and here I am again. <laughs> so I, I like I hit the jackpot this week. That's wonderful. Well, we want to finish uh, for today. If you have any questions or comments, you can message us through the Anchor app and email us at chitchat at middendorsrestaurant.com. Uh, thank you for joining me today uh, for our To, for next month for our first Thin Fried Friday and good appetit and Mitch you want to add anything to our y'all just come on out in the middle and say I'm here all the time <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. here all the time thank you thank y'all <laughs>